All right. <laughs> I felt like I've just like switched gears like five different times, but um, chapter 10, Obtaining Zion, we are starting on 259, uh, kind of talking about the, the prayer uh, and going into to mighty prayer and all of that this week. It's such a fun chapter. Um, does anyone have like any experiences or insights that they'd like to share about mighty prayer? Um, I know that uh, I started this uh, rereading this section a couple of weeks ago, so I've been really trying to implement it every single day, this, this pattern of mighty prayer that he kind of bullet points there on page 266, and I gotta tell you, it's, it's transformational when you put this much effort and concentration to the mighty prayer that the scriptures talk about. Um, anyway, just kind of opening it up for, for any discussion, etc., on that, um, those ideas of prayer and how that's going to, to transform your life, even if you haven't uh, Im- had time to implement it yet or anything, but um, what are your, your thoughts and, and things with mighty prayer? I like where he said that um, before you start praying, just to wait and let the spirit and that you'll notice a difference. Where was that? That was just really cool. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the first. And you can tell if it's your words and it will be going, like it'll be going fast. And um, Yeah, for sure. Did you say on 266, are you looking at? Yeah, 266 is where the bullet points are, at least in my version. Second to last bullet point, second to last bullet point. Wait upon the Holy Spirit to fall upon you. You will know when it comes because a sense of peace, power, and quickening of understanding will flow over you. Words will flow into your mind a little quicker than your normal cognitive um, processes. It could take much experience to learn how to clear your mind and let the Holy Spirit fill it with thoughts and words of inspiration. Yeah, it's so powerful. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I've rarely had uh, really good massive experiences where the Holy Ghost was speaking the whole time kind of a thing. Um, I, I've tried to really kind of, I don't know why that natural man just has a hard time doing that, but like turning the reins of prayer over to the Holy Ghost is is pretty, different for me and so that was kind of one of the hardest steps to actually take and like I don't know like the only things that come to mind my mind just kind of race races and and (laughs) goes to all sorts of tangents when I'm trying to to sit there and focus and cleanse my mind right but yeah it's such a powerful principle read that next bullet point that's really cool Uh uh-huh so uh, clean or clearing your minds of your desires uh, forget your needs step outside of your mortal self and let the words fill your uncluttered mind uh, learn to remove your mortal will from the equation of prayer god already knows what you want and what you need and what you fear and he knows far better than you what is needed next in your righteous journey so trust him learn or let yourself become unimportant until he wordlessly asks you what is wanted and yeah but when it's what is wanted like resonated right i've heard yeah. that before. yeah exactly what page is that other on i like how so many things tie back to the temple yeah for sure like on page 262 
um, the second paragraph, well, the second paragraph and third paragraph, um, the very middle of the second paragraph says, when the Holy Spirit is invited into the prayer circle, it acts as a loving tutor to guide us in our prayers. And then the next paragraph in the middle as well says, in true prayer, our primary feeling is an overwhelming sense of being loved, accepted, guided, and welcomed into the divine court. Anyway, with those two things coupled with uh, the bullet point that, that we just read or whatever, what is wanted, like this whole thing is about patterns and temple and covenant making, right? And so anyway, that was just an interesting dive. Like me and my mom were kind of going through it and working through that whole pattern, like, huh, like it's been there all along, but I just haven't really fully caught on to it, that if we're, we're considering the temple pattern, that as we're sitting there praying, the words aren't our own, but they're the Holy Spirit's. We're repeating somebody else's words if we're in the true pattern of things. And then Christ is beside us taking that message to the Father. And that's why it's in his name and everything. Like the whole temple prayer experience really resonated with this chapter for me when I finally caught on. It was like, oh, this is mighty prayer and the pattern of it. And I don't know. I don't know. It was transformational for me, really considering those um, sweet patterns. Well, remember when just before we go to the prayer circle, it says you're now ready to be taught mm -hmm. the true order of prayer. So that's what we're being taught there is, is that true order, you know? Sure. Yeah, and I'm like so hyper-focused on all of the symbolism of the temple, right? The clothing and uh, gestures and everything that we're doing and stuff. But like a lot of the true order is letting the Holy Spirit speak and we repeat almost kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I heard or I've looked for teachings um, in the church library about that part of the temple and I haven't been able to find anything. You really just need to be taught by the spirit, I guess, and like like this through things mm -hmm. like that. Um, that paragraph right before, um, in the name of Jesus Christ, the only way we we may realign our lives with such powerful prayer is by simply living by the spirit in our daily lives. We become fluent, so to speak, in the spiritual tongue during the walks, the walk and talk of our mundane affairs. And then we take that same spiritual power with us into the private chambers of our asking and the heavens open in solemn response to our mighty prayer. Like that mundane affairs, like our, even, it doesn't have to be like this big old production, but just during our, and a lot of answers to my prayers come through just like really mundane things I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot in, in my own, like, huh, that was a really quick answer to the mundane thing. I didn't almost even expect an answer to that one, but, mm -hmm. but he cares about the details. Yeah, every moment. It's so beautiful, it's such a beautiful thing. I like that part, what is Mm-hmm. But yeah, on page 260, that second paragraph, 
Um, he says, he's kind of talking about um, the, the scriptural examples of, of prayer. And it says, most grand spiritual experiences recorded in scripture began as a prayer. Um, so, like, if, if that's the pattern and that's how the Lord works and everything, if we want blessings in our lives, how come sometimes we forget to actually pray and enumerate the, the desires of our hearts or the questions of our soul? Um, it, I don't know. Like, like, Satan is just so good at, like, trying to tell us that that's for the prophets or that, uh, you know, that the Lord doesn't care about the mundane details of our lives kind of thing. But all of the, the high spiritual events in our lives and in the lives of those uh, who wrote scripture, um, those things began as a prayer. Thus, learning to pray with perfect faith is to learn to seek and obtain the spiritual desires of our hearts. Whether they be pressing needs or glorious manifestations, we earnestly desire from heaven. I just love that. So Smith got a lot of his answers by asking questions in prayer. That's mm -hmm. what the covenants is a lot of, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a question and answer between him and, and the Lord. Right. But yeah, I the the next section, the revelation and prayer, was just so instrumental for me this week, too. Like they have like these examples of prayer and like priesthood blessings, right? And like the negative versus the positive on both of them and really lining out what, what happens and, and why and, and stuff. So like the, Give us a page um, number. yeah, so on page 260, the second to last paragraph, I guess, consider a priesthood blessing. Um, it says, well, yeah, let me just read the, the paragraph because I think it's all kind of in there. Consider a priesthood blessing where a willing individual steps forth to perform that ordinance without having opened the channels of intimate revelation through the walk of his own life. For such an individual, the words will, and like I made this kind of into a bullet point list because it, it just describes it so well. The words will lack power and lack conviction the promises will be tentative and conditional, not unrighteous, but without power. Such blessings often include admonition, beseeching the Lord, and escape clauses that both the priesthood holder and the recipient, um, a place to hang their faith if it doesn't come to pass. At the end of such blessings, we are often not surprised and oddly not disturbed when our desires are not realized as promised. We just accept that answer from the heavens um that the answer from the heavens was no or that someone didn't have the faith necessary and here's the disturbing part and we're okay with that like <laughs> that's a huge one in in our current gospel lives right maybe think of president nelson in his talk about the priesthood to the priesthood yeah um that we need to how, how do you say it? we need to understand and and to use that power we're gonna need that power mm-hmm yeah, and he kind of gave that example of the the organ, right? That somebody went to, to play it, but it didn't have any power. And so, of course, the the tune's not going to come out. There's there's no power behind it. 
and uh, he charged us to um, to seek it. Uh, <laughs> I used to have this like verbatim memorized, but I've been paraphrasing it so much that I might have gotten it wrong. But in a coming day, only a man who um, has paid the price for priesthood power will be able to bless, um, bless, guide, protect, strengthen, and heal others. Only a man who has paid the price for priesthood power will be able to save his marriage now and throughout eternity. I think that I, there's something wrong in there, but anyway, <laughs> like that was just so powerful that mm-hmm. in a coming day, he's prophesying as a prophet, boom. And, and like this list says here, if we have these admonitions and escape clauses and everything in our blessings, sometimes we're okay with that. And that's just so sad. We, we need to have that. Was power. that the same year that you talked to the sisters about understanding the priesthood power? Uh-huh. Was it yeah. same conference? Like, um, they were two different conferences. One was a, like, was it a plea to my sisters or no? Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And then like the next conference with the men, then it was, um, acting on, what is the name of the talk? I quote it so much, I should have it on the tip of my tongue. With the power and authority of God, something like that. We'll study it here in a few weeks as we go through his talks. <laughs> but, but yeah. You know, um, my um, little granddaughter, she was baptized and, and confirmed a couple, two years ago. And she asked, because her dad wasn't active and her mom told her she could ask whoever she wanted. So she asked one of her really good friends that lived by us, his dad, who he was the, um, what was he, the secretary in our, in our bishopric. Mm-hmm. And his son had just got baptized the one, one week to the day before she did. And, you know, they, they came, they, they did the baptism, did the confirmation right afterwards. And let me tell you, thus, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, what it was in that room so strong he almost couldn't finish he was so emotional giving her that blessing that he he choked up and he i mean he was literally crying while he was giving it the whole time and when he was done you know i told him how beautiful it was and he said i didn't know i could ever feel like that I mean, so it was something that even it's like, I didn't even feel like that with my own son. And there was, it was strong though. It was the strongest I have ever, ever, ever felt something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so special. Thank you. Um, let's see. And then just right after that, the... Um, the quote from about Joseph Smith, right? Bro, Brother Joseph, while in the spirit, which is an interesting way to, to put that, right? Like this is, this is a highly significant moment for Joseph. He's actually in the spirit. He rebuked the elders who would continue to lay hands on the sick from day to day without the power to heal them. Said he, it is time that such things ended. Let the elders either obtain the power of God to heal the sick or let them cease to minister the forms without the power. And I feel like President Nelson did that pretty much is kind of like for our day in our context, right? With with that other talk that he gave, like those are some some pretty strong words. 
while in the spirit that that's 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 very cool to me but yeah i, <laughs> I don't know we we live in a, a different kind of lackadaisical time almost uh when when those really powerful prayers and, and stuff like like kathy had mentioned there are are more on the the rare side than they are on uh the the common but that's our charge. This is this is our duty to to elevate our, our priesthood blessings, our healing blessings, and our prayers, and how that that works throughout this this chapter and this section is uh, just amazing. I, this is probably one of my favorite sections of the whole book because it just it's transformational. Every time I read it, I get renewed hope. Like, okay, I have failed in the past. I need to get back into this this mighty prayer, mighty revelation. Um, so on the flip side, on page 261, he gives the uh, kind of bullet point list of a proper blessing, a uh, blessing with um, the Holy Spirit. Uh, the resulting blessing will flow with power. Words of eternal worth will be spoken. Prophecy will tumble from his lips and power to heal and sanctify the recipient of the blessing. There will be no fine print, no escape clauses, just the blessing and the palpable power. Both, not just the recipient, but both will walk away with greater faith and the words will be fulfilled to the letter. I found that very interesting that, I mean, it takes great faith to even draw upon this power, but both will walk away with greater faith even. Like, <laughs> I've never once went into a blessing going... I'm going to benefit from this as well. You know, like I'm going to walk away with greater faith because of the conduit and, and power that, that God is going to bless this individual. Like that's a, that's an interesting aspect I'd never considered before. What was the next part? Oh, okay. I'm going to share something else with you. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> this is one that I wasn't going to say anything, but it's one that it really touches me whenever I even talk about it. My niece, she's now 38 years old, but when she was born, she was born and she was one pound, 10 ounces. She dropped down to one pound and four ounces. Tiny, smallest baby to ever live out of McKady Hospital at the time. Wow. So she was in the hospital. Yeah, she was like, imagine six squares of butter, six cubes. That's how big she was. <laughs> that, that gives you the visual. Okay. So she was in the hospital for like six months. She was, you know, on oxygen, on everything all the time. My brother had been inactive. They had just recently got act active again in church and had went back to the temple when the baby was born he would go up to the hospital every single night and give her a blessing you know and the, the one of the he would have either somebody in the bishopric or somebody go with my dad and somebody go with him well one night um the bishop the bishop was with him and he, my brother gives her the blessing and you know he says you will 
live. You will survive this and you will be okay. And afterwards, the bishop says, my brother's name is Gene. He said, Gene, you know, you, I'm afraid you may be trying to heal her with the power of the priesthood. And I don't think you, you know, you need to rethink what you're saying and what you're doing. And he just looked at him and he says, then you give her the blessing. You give her a blessing. I, I don't want, I, I would hate for that to be happening. He says, you give her a ble the blessing. He says, okay. So the bishop, they redid everything, did a blessing. And he, when he got done, he told her, you will live and you will be fine. And when he was done, everybody was in tears. And he, he says, I don't know what it is, but that child has a special reason for being here and she's going to make it. Mm. And she did. And when she was released, she didn't have one effect, side effect. She didn't have brain damage. She didn't have bad eyes. Any of the things that can come from oxygen, they, the, the hospital, the newspaper did numerous articles miracle baby survives miracle baby miracle baby and she was and you know there was that coming out in him but there was some you know somebody else that didn't quite believe what he was saying too so mm -hmm. but yeah, all of those things <laughs> came out yep every one of them and she was she didn't nothing she didn't have pneumonia she didn't have nothing nothing and you're talk we're talking 39 years ago, you know? Yeah. There was these things that we have now. Yeah, good and thing it, you preface that with saying that she's 38 years old or whatever. Cause like <laughs> I was just like during that story, I'm like, oh no, is she is she gonna make it? But <laughs> yeah, she and it gives me chills every time I I tell that story because it, it just I can feel it in me. It's one of those that yeah. I know for a fact that's why she's alive and she does have a reason we don't know why but there's something she was meant to be here mm -hmm. and that's so special yeah the power of of actually drawing upon and having the spirit speak the words and uh, tell that I, I i love that so the bottom of page um 263 it starts and and this makes me think uh, missionaries wearing Jesus on their shirt all the time. Mm -hmm. the, the name tag. Yeah. It does that when you when you read this too. Thus it is this prayer. Thus it is that prayer in its most effective and powerful form is prayer, which says the word, seeks the blessing, and worships the Father the same as if Christ had offered the prayer. So when we're saying a prayer we're, and we're using his name, it's like being a missionary, we wanna represent him faithfully, right? So when we say prayers, we need to not just oh, hum say a prayer because we're saying one. I mean, we're representing the Lord because mm -hmm. we're using his name, right? Don't that say? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's transformational. Like how many prayers have I uttered? Not that way. Right. I mean, it's just kind of like a thing that, well, that's just how you end it. But like, <laughs> no, this is as if he were actually speaking, we are a mouthpiece. And as a mouthpiece, the, the Holy ghost is whispering those words to us in order to um, 
give us what we should say so that it would be what Christ would have said. We're relying upon Christ's grace and atonement to plead our case before the Father. So we need to represent that, honestly. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> um, I like on page 265, like I can't even say that I fully understand this, but I feel that like the, there's a huge power within that word groanings. Um, the middle of 265, and he's quoting Romans 8:26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for, for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. The Greek is a sigh, a sound rich in feeling, but without words. And then Joseph rendered groanings as with striving, which cannot be expressed. And so, I mean, it's just like this higher level of, of something. I almost think of like, you know, that when the, the bowels of mercy, the, the compassion, that, that groaning within that that comes from great faith and, and great prayer. Um, I just feel like the, there's so much more to that, but you know, I'm probably not ready for it, but I, I can just sense that, that that's going to, to play a huge part in uh, my learning with prayer sometime. There, there's, there's a scripture that um, where Christ is groaning mm -hmm. talks about it as well. Yeah. And it's interesting, some of the most spiritual concepts and principles and words don't even have like English equivalents, like it, you just can't even put it into words, it's just something so spiritual, something um, that can only be conveyed that way, that I mean, even Joseph had had trouble rendering that that word, which striving, which cannot be expressed. And then right before the, the bulleted point on 266, um, it says to change this acceptable pattern into greater prayer. So here's, here's the price tag, even though it says price tag. Um, it takes little more than recognizing that it is ours to claim and being willing to pay the price to obtain it. So again, it goes back to sacrifice. What sacrifice do you need to, to pay to obtain it? But um, just the idea of faith that it's ours to to claim and then that that price tag so uh like i i shared on the facebook group and um in previous ones where that hawaiian shaman's dream or whatever where the the warehouse of gifts and and the price tags on the gifts it, it's like that mighty prayer is one of those gifts and are we willing to know that it's ours and be willing to pay the price to obtain the gift of mighty prayer. And so that's, you know, where my whole thought process has been uh, the past couple of weeks of like, okay, what price is requisite for me to obtain mighty prayer so that I can um, become that and, and receive that gift. That's like one of my, my number one goals at the moment.
And it goes back to last week's lesson on the, uh, we have to render that veil of unbelief mm -hmm. in a lot of things, but especially, you know, with our prayers and stuff, just believe. And uh, it's really, I don't know, daunting sometimes to think we're talking to deity, the most important deity in the whole everything. And he's stopping and taking time to to listen to us. Mm -hmm. And like we need to learn these these principles here so that I don't mean not wasting his time because it's never wasting his time he's our father he loves us but it behooves us i think to try a little harder do a little better yeah the second to last bullet point on 267 was something that really hit me too uh something that <laughs> i rarely if ever do but remain upon your knees until instructed to end your prayer. It's like, I'm, <laughs> I usually put my prayers till right before bed and I'm just real tired and I'm just kind of saying it and then going right to bed because I'm in that kind of sleep mode. And if I don't go right to sleep, then I'm going to be awake the whole night. So I, I always rush that, that bullet point there. And that was such a kind of a, a shock to my system. Like, Oh, Oh no, I really need to, to focus on that bullet point right there to be instructed to end your prayer. Like I, I rarely wait to receive the revelation or uh, is there more that I need to be praying and asking and rejoicing in? I just love that bullet point list. I just need to put that on my, my wall next to my bed and review it often. Yeah. I tell you, I just highlight so much that sometimes it's hard to get all of the different points. What else? I loved the whole car metaphor that he's bringing out uh, throughout the, like page 269, 270. Um, I found those very insightful um, that the, the evil spirit doesn't especially care where the car is going. It just needs it to not get to its destiny. Uh, let's see. As long as we think that every need of the automobile is a crisis that must be immediately satisfied. And I was like, oh, that's such a good way to put it. Like, that's the perfect analogy. Um, that the demands of our flesh are sometimes too loud to ignore. It's like we're, we're immortals having a mortal experience versus the, the opposite way around. But how true that is as we're gaining more knowledge and more information and more wisdom that we must get good at suppressing the natural man and becoming a master of the flesh so that we can um, let our spirit thrive and, and grow and 
I, I don't know. I just love that, that car metaphor all the way through there. Especially when he talks about the um, like kind of automatic cars or whatever. Where is that? Let's see. What about that part where it's occupied by two passengers? No, thank you. I don't want both of you in my car. <laughs> <Go on. Yep. laughs> exactly. Not giving rides to you. Just take a hike. There's a lot entangled in the flesh. Oh my goodness. Like that was pretty um cumbersome reading how vulnerable the flesh is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, as we we do master it and not, let's see, like when a mortal lets the car steer, he becomes a, ca a captive of the will of the car and the evil that amplifies its lust versus on the, the next page. When we finally do um, learn how to steer the car and not let it stir us, it becomes our eternal servant a source of endless righteous sensory input and a source of creative powers and everlasting joy i found that sentence to just be so poignant and like oh we wouldn't have those things without a mortal body like these are so many layers <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is the plan this is why we came to earth to get a mortal body is so that we could have endless righteous sensory input and have a source of creative powers, you know, procreative powers and everlasting joy. We don't have those things without a body, but if we let it steer itself, it's going to do this. But if we can control it, then we have endless, like endless eternal is his name kind of a thing. Like, oh man, just hit me. Page 270, when it says, where it says, when we listen to and obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, we never abandon control. But our headlights become brighter and brighter until we can see down the road. We see signs that warn and advise. The Holy Spirit never promises instant gratification or thrills. It leads towards denial of body passion, bodily passions, service of others, and discipline. Beyond all of this, which seems like poor, like a poor bargain to the natural man, there is only a faith-based belief. That somewhere down the road, happiness, peace, and long after death, eternal life will result. You can't do any of that without a body. On page um, 271, a paragraph in the middle of that paragraph where it says, how is such a transition possible? Go down where it says, we discipline our bodies to do our inspired bidding. And in doing so, we put off the natural man by sub subjugating the will of our flesh to the will of the spirit. In doing so, we are yielding to the enticings of the Holy, Holy Spirit and aligning ourselves with the sanctifying power of the atonement. 
And isn't that the paragraph, mother, that or the sentence that um, was kind of an aha moment for you right there with uh -huh. why yeah. it's important to distinguish the Holy Ghost versus the Holy Spirit? Uh-huh. Yeah. Am I on mute? Oh, you're good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because anyway, it's like um, being the Holy Spirit, Christ. He earned that right by um, suffering and, and doing the atonement for us. So, I don't know. I think it's imperative that we learn to distinguish between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. They're both great in what they're doing but i think it's important to to recognize the holy spirit as being christ mm -hmm. yeah. we take his name upon us at baptism that the baptismal covenant sacrament mm -hmm. remembrance so we'll always always remember him take his name this um on page 273, that second paragraph, repentance is not limited to refusing to choose evil. It is also choosing to embrace godliness and to be Christ-like. And here it is, in dispensing grace to others. It is quite literally to repent of the human condition. So dispensing grace to others. Like, I have a real trouble with that right now. I need to work on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so do I. But I've never equated that with repentance or anything like that. Dispensing grace to others, that, that's a part of repentance. So, like, I, I've heard in the past, right, where uh, bearing testimony is, is a part of repentance. And, and here, dispensing grace to others is part of repentance. Uh, it, it's not just limited to refusing to choose evil. And anyway, so that is just, it's multifaceted and we need to be re repenting daily of this human condition. Um, and sometimes we look at it so narrowly as sins and transgressions, but yet um, it's also in that dispensing grace to others and testifying that those things come into place as well. I have a book of Mormon prophet that says how wicked he is. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, and on that same note, on the next page, 274, um, the second paragraph, uh, here again, we see the principle of repentance. We must repent of our failure to lay a hold upon the good that christ is flooding into our lives so you know sometimes especially this last year i've talked about like this um fire hose of information and fire hose of blessings and stuff and <laughs> that was the image that came to mind when i read that i was like okay so i'm getting drowned and like fire hosed but i must repent for my failure to lay a hold upon the good that is coming my way kind of thing it's like well how is it even <laughs> possible but um uh, repenting of indulging ourselves in those things that, that come up evil 
and really grasping like kind of like Nephi and like the the holding steadfast to the iron rod like laying hold upon the good that Christ is flooding into our lives uh, I think that anyway it's just some powerful imagery there that, that kind of caused me to chuckle but <laughs> that's an interesting vision wow um <laughs> this is a, a fun one i don't know i wanted to kind of get everyone's opinions on it but on 276 the very bottom paragraph um the paragraph starts with having become familiar but right in the middle it says revelation has an essence a flavor a discernible texture that we come to recognize over time and so i'm just throwing that out to you i don't know if if you want to share that's fine but if you don't i get it but what is where'd you start reading yeah so it's in the middle of the paragraph but the paragraph starts with having become familiar okay i got that so, and so like two sentences down i think revelation has an essence a flavor a discernible texture that we come to recognize over time we become familiar with the light by exposing ourselves to it. And, you know, I think that that's what like the, the brethren have been trying to do ever since the hear him initiative, right? With the, uh, how do I hear him? But, you know, it, because it, it's so different for each and every person, but um, I just loved that, that imagery. Revelation has an essence, a flavor, a discernible texture that we come to recognize over time. It's like using the different senses and stuff. Um, but I haven't really fully uh, had time to ponder it and process it for my own answer. So, you know, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but, but how would you describe how revelation happens with you? Like the essence, the flavor, the discernible texture. I, I've never- There's only a few duplicate. I, I could say that are kind of duplicate process, but it's always so different. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a couple of times it's been hymns and that's just been so beautiful. Like just even just like a few notes of it until I just like keep going over it and over. I'm like, what is that? What is it? Oh my gosh, there's the answer. When I finally get the words and then I go and look at the hymn, I'm like, oh my heck, that's it. That's so beautiful. And then sometimes it's just like, um, it's real words, not just the, the what is that called? Not just the music, but the real words. Uh-huh. Okay, that's it again. Here it comes. Like, it's been a couple of times. I mean, really vital answers have come through through him. So that's really fun. Mm -hmm. um, it's never the same. It's always different. I think if it was the same, it would be too easy. Mm -hmm. Or if it was the same for all of us, it would be too easy. This is the way God talks to you. Listen to it. It's always going to be in a song. So just if you hear a song, you know that's, you know, it's not going to work yeah. out. <laughs> Unfortunately, that, that would be really nice to have that yeah it usually comes to me as a thought actually one time a long time ago i had an actual voice which you know that's quite unusual uh-huh that's a blessing yeah yeah those are very rare for me but those are really fun yeah. just little thoughts and and i've never thought to to put any kind of flavor or texture but I, I have had a couple experiences within the last year or so 
where a certain smell sent me back to a, a previous memory and I was able to receive that same revelation or thought again that I had kind of lost or put on a back shelf kind of a thing but that that smell kind of really uh, triggered in my mind and <laughs> set things in motion but um that's anyway awesome. that's just one of my my goals this next week is to um try to identify either physically or spiritually or whatever but identify essence flavor and and texture and smell of of the revelations i i don't know if that it's just a new concept that i never thought to really put to record this. Yeah. i'm really bad at that. i think it comes from recording your inspirations and when you do you'll be able to recognize it better or mm -hmm. yeah um page 275 where it says often uh -huh. often the outward appearance of promptings does not seem to be a straight pathway to quiet enjoyment of our lives <laughs> yeah it so, doesn't lead to retirement <laughs> um a couple of things that popped into my mind when i read that is um the lord has moved us across the united states from california utah illinois and now to north carolina and those were not like, um, I guess it was a straight pathway and it brought enjoyment to our lives, but it wasn't easy either. Um, mm. Pretty interesting experiences I'm so grateful for. Yeah, for sure. And then I like the, the section, uh, I don't know, kind of all over the place, but 277, uh, the midway through the page, it starts talking about it. But this concept of why does the Lord help us in or encourage us to enter ordinances and covenants before we like really know what's going on? Like, I mean, <laughs> little kids with baptism or when I receive my endowment, like, I mean, I did not get the full scope of, of everything, but yet, why does the Lord work in that way? And I loved uh, some of the, the insights that he voiced here, you know, reading it in words and, and fleshing that out was uh, very helpful. I, I liked it, but, um, but that the reception of the actual impact of the ordinances is through that holy spirit of promise that was a, a principle i had never gained uh before i thought that that was very interesting um and then that that whole section on the holy spirit of promise i've almost kind of equated that to like getting your calling election made sure the holy spirit of promise is like a later thing like something to it's not right now but the holy spirit of promise is also um see it's the middle of 278 uh, the the middle paragraph there the holy spirit of promise is also the merciful means whereby men and women may participate in priesthood ordinances when they deem themselves worthy and then fully receive the promised blessings when they finally are worthy um i really liked that, that bit there this provision of the holy spirit of promise also gives us time to repent approach receive falter and approach again like 
that's the whole part uh, of that Holy Spirit of Promise. And I can tell that there's a lot more to the Holy Spirit of Promise that I just don't get yet, but this was a good primer, a good intro. <laughs> so until we start going to the temple, we're not going to understand how to actually see the face of God when that time comes. I mean, that's the training for it. So mm -hmm. until you're not going to understand what baptism, you're not going to start learning. So it's just like a little step up the ladder to help you understand, I guess, and get you thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, received my patriarchal blessing when I was 15 and there was some keywords in there that helped me but most of it didn't come until later but I'm so grateful that I got it at 15 because I was away from the church from 20 to almost 30 but it was things in my blessing that brought me brought me back and, and didn't you know I guess um, I never denied I just wasn't going. I, I never denied. And it was because of the blessing, the things in that blessing, the promises that were um, had already been fulfilled from that blessing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when, when we're learning in the temple, I, I think we have to have those ordinances, those, those stepping, those steps onto the ladder to start progressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, very much so. And then the, the spirit comes in, like the, the Holy Spirit of promise bring that to you or however you said those words that were written. Yeah. He knows when we are actually ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you notice, most of our ordinances are kind of in two parts. You know, there's, there's baptism and confirmation. There's the washing and anointing. Then there's the endowment and then the second endowment the um first anointing second anointing i mean everything is in like two parts there's you have the blessing but then it actually gets sealed later on that's interesting Yeah, I love uh, kind of in that same section, the bottom of 280. Um, it's just in between those different scripture quotes there. The baptismal promise of remission of sins waits upon the actual receipt of the Holy Ghost for fulfillment. But this is the part that period of waiting lasts as long as it takes the spiritual pilgrim to find the obedience that will bring forth the requisite worthiness. And that pilgrim has been on my mind. Um, in the Fire of the Spirit audiobook that I'm, I'm doing, um, in I think it's chapter seven, North and South, whatever chapter that is, um, they're in the visitor center and um, he calls them pilgrims. And he's like, why would you call us pilgrims? And he says, there's many people that come through here and they don't exactly know where they're going. They're just acting on promptings. They're, they're these pilgrims and, or, or spiritual programs is what he says. And so uh, I found that interesting, tying it back to what he says here. So that period of waiting lasts as long as it takes 
the spiritual pilgrim to find the obedience that will bring forth the requisite worthiness. So sometimes we're just following in faith, but we don't exactly know where it's taking us. We just know that we're following promptings. And so we're these spiritual pilgrims and um, uh, find that, that pilgrim motif interesting as we go back to like the Abraham book that we talked about, right? Of uh, what's the difference between a pioneer and a pilgrim? Uh, a pioneer is blazing new paths versus a pilgrim is going back to, uh, returning back to a foreordained place um, where their forefathers were from or um, you know, something like that, like the, the interesting dynamic there. And so, I don't know, it just popped out to me that um, spiritual pilgrims, um, they have this waiting period until they find the obedience that will bring forth the requisite worthiness. Then they'll find their, their destination. I, I love that. Um, I didn't realize what <laughs> time it was, but... Um, Anything else from, from this section, this chapter that uh, you want to point out or uh, kind of end on? I find it very interesting, this um, mighty prayer that can sometimes have uh, the singing, the song of redeeming love. Um, that I don't know. It's a strange concept. It's like are we seriously going to be living this musical where we're just going to spontaneously bust out in song that doesn't sound like me but <laughs> if it does i'm gonna <laughs> i might pass out that <laughs> it sounds so foreign to, to my nature i i don't like musicals <laughs> wait a minute there is a song that we're gonna sing what is that song i was talking about and um early when we started studying the doctrine and covenants right or was that Mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah there, there's one in there that it talks about something redeeming something yeah we don't know the word yet but the lord knows it well, mm -hmm. yeah so um alma 526 references it and then i don't have the dnc one right off the top of my head but um that and then revelation i believe references it as well i wish i could remember things that's so funny. <laughs> it's so frustrating not to be able to just recall it, huh? Right. But yeah, it, it's an interesting idea that will, you know, I, I've read many like near-death experiences and stuff like that, but they, I mean, they all kind of turn into musicals at, at one point or another where either they are or the angels that they are witnessing like just sing together in unison and they've never prepared or heard the words before, but they have they're singing the, the song. Anyway, it's just an interesting conundrum. And I, I guess I'm just so far removed from that concept that I haven't been able to kind of put the ends together. But apparently that, that's possible in Mighty Prayer. <laughs> I think it, there's more to that than we realize because yeah. we're told to, even with our hymns, to make sure we sing, even if we're not great singers because mm -hmm. it's the unison, yeah. singing in unison that is important. And it's a, it's a prayer, to, we're singing a prayer to our Heavenly 
other sing our hymns. Yeah. yeah. It talked about that in the beginning of the hymn book, too. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. If you open up the green book, it has, um, it talks about singing in there. I think, I think I remember that. Mm -hmm. I have a copy of it in the other room. Um, um, yeah, we are supposed to sing. This is a song of prayer. Doesn't show up on the church website though. It doesn't even have how to conduct a song or anything on there. <laughs> Has anybody heard about our new song we're coming out? I haven't heard of any, I haven't heard any of the updates on it. I mean, like I knew of it, but. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. That'll be fun when it does. I'm excited to. I heard a rumor about it. Oh, I love rumors. Let's hear it. <laughs> that there were not going to be any songs like about America, about oh, yeah. patriotic songs, stuff like that in it. Yeah, I heard that as well. We must be on the same Facebook group. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody told me actually, and I'm trying to remember who it was. So did you have your meeting with Tony Young today? Oh, yeah. No, he actually postponed it one week because he is right in the middle of studying this one concept that he wants to add to it. So uh, next week. <laughs> so President Nelson made a post today and he commented on it. Did you see his comment? Uh -uh. No, I haven't. Seen so it. if you scroll down, President Nelson talked about visiting Europe. And so Tony has an experience about that situation. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really cool. I'm like, hey, wait, I know that name. <laughs> yep. Yeah, his that's all, that's all I know him by is what he posts in his name. I'm I'm excited to see a video with him and what he has to say. Mm -hmm. be fun. For sure. Yeah, I'm super excited to to get all that because like when we were talking before, uh, like his conversion story and um he actually meets in the very first chapel, the very first LDS chapel ever um was in England and and that's the one he did and uh, he's a bricklayer. And he was actually commissioned to add on wings of that original. I forget what it, the chapel's Tony? called. This it. is Tony you're talking about? Yeah. How old is Tony? I haven't even looked at his picture. Does he, does he have a picture? Um, I don't know. I might have a picture of him somewhere on my computer. I took a screenshot when we were talking. <laughs> it was totally different than what I was expecting. But, um, oh my goodness. I don't yeah, even look Probably like... like older than my siblings but younger than my parents ish i don't know though but i didn't ask him what his age was but yeah he no, was he just, oh here he is here's a picture uh-huh yep yeah he looks a lot different than that right now but <laughs> <laughs> interesting but yeah he's a he's a fun character oh my goodness uh, he has such an amazing testimony so i've been listening to this lady that has been talking about um the zodiac have you done studies on that? That was always like, no, we don't do the Zodiac. We don't study the Zodiac. Yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of evil that comes with Zodiac and uh, astrology, right? Yeah, boys, I think that there's a lot of hijacked that one. So her um, video series is called The Grand Pageant in the Heavens, and she mm -hmm. got 14 segments. Have you watched those? 
I haven't watched those, no, but um, I, I'm familiar with that grand pageant that kind of comes from Anthony Larson as well. Yeah, well, she, she does it super simple and I'm like, oh, 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 wow. But that has been completely hijacked like my entire life because I've always just, <laughs> no, this is not okay. Yeah. And a couple yeah, things led me to, to it back, you know, back to the, what I believe is true, what she's talking about. I believe it's true. It feels right. Um, but interesting, just so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thank all you. growing up, my mother <laughs> was, was very adamant. No horoscopes, none of that kind of stuff. That, that stuff is very, right? yes. Well, I'm not going to read horoscopes either, but the yeah. things these signs represent, and the, there's 12 of them, and there's 12 tribes, and there's 12 months, and like the yeah. whole thing. I'm like, wait a minute. And then, um, but there's a difference between astrology and astronomy, and both of them mm -hmm. deal with the plants and the stars and all that stuff, but it's been hijacked by astrology mm -hmm. instead of the astronomy of the stars. But even the word zodiac was like had evil feelings to me before. Yeah. But the way she's laid it out is it's um it sounds like almost a um a roadmap of the savior coming back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was like ever since we read the Abraham book together and stuff, that has been kind of like one of my outstanding prayers or whatever with with the lord it was like i really want to know or at least get an inkling of why we should study the heavens because abraham found it was important what can we you know reference and, and pull and stuff and, and it's been an interesting course because a lot of times the lord will kind of lead me into wrong sources or apocryphal sources and different things and and then he like kind of brings me back and is like okay so there was like one or two truths in that area but did you like filter out all of that bad that was there and then and here's some more over here kind of thing like it's an interesting a path or whatever but it has been so hijacked by many different religions and and different philosophies that it, it's really hard to navigate but tony does a, a good job at, at explaining a lot of like the the same things that you're talking about in that that video series but I don't know. It's still an ongoing thing for me. There's, there's still lots of like, I don't really jive with it, but there's some stuff that I'm like, oh my word, that is amazing. And it just kind of feels right. Some certain parts, right? But yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm anxious to get a, a firm understanding about the symbol on the conference center. <laughs> right that's definitely one of the, the upper ones there it's like okay why did they put so much effort into that like what does it have to do why is polar configuration like important um and that's one of my main questions for tony and he has a really great answer but um like why why should we study this isn't it just fringe and like how does this bring us closer to christ uh, I'm excited for you guys to, to listen to his answer. It's like a half hour long. <laughs> excited. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I won't say anything, but I, I have some feelings and thoughts about it and I'm pretty excited. Mm -hmm. are, are they putting the, the reflection pool back in down at the Salt Lake Temple? Because I had heard they were not. No, it, it's not in the plans. They're actually putting another polar configuration down there. <laughs> okay, that, see, and okay, that there's where. And, okay, when That's you're talking about me. when you're talking about different things that hit you, 
and I don't know why, but I've started noticing for the, and I guess I've had them for a while, but I just didn't pay attention to them. But I'll get like little flashes in my head of something when I hear something or, and I don't know why. And I, I had a feeling I should write them down, but I never have. So I've had to repent that I haven't done that. <laughs> I'm starting to write them down. But we have, I thought the reflection pools was supposed to represent what's up above and what's down below. We have the four quarters of north, south, east, west. And I thought that's what the reflection pool was supposed to represent. So if we're not having it. Yeah, that I don't know if uh, all of the decisions and, and things that, that go into some of that, I don't know. Maybe it was just in kind of a wrong place that for some of their their future building and stuff and so they just need to put something else somewhere else i don't know or i think it's a like, second witness i don't yeah. think it's a replacement i think it's a second witness and i think it's deliberate i know it's deliberate and that they moved whole visitor center so that you can have a view from the top of the conference center so that you can see it from the conference center mm -hmm. see what interesting see so what from the, the polar figure that they're oh they're going to put in front of the Salt Lake Temple. So have you ever walked up on the conference center? Have you ever been up there? At that conference I, center? I have not. I haven't either. It's really kind of, it's beautiful, but it's really kind of like, why, why is this like this? Mm -hmm. Like I just had a really um, scrambled feeling about it until I started seeing, like I saw that if you Google the, the um, conference center and you look at the satellite vision, you can see the pattern on it. And then um, Brother Dibble drew the three planets, and that's on there too. It's on the top of it. Oh. I can send you some pictures if you want, Kathy. I would love you to. Send me your, um, let me see, what is your, what's the best way to send you something? Um, you can, I don't care. You can do email, you can do my phone, you can do whatever you want to do. I'll just send me your phone number, that'll be faster. Okay, 801. 721 0187. Okay. Because uh, I live right here. I can, but I, <laughs> yeah, I need to go take a trip down there. And I know it. Absolutely. I think my girlfriend, <laughs> a dragger. I think she's the one that told me about the reflection pool. Well, I have a picture of what it's supposed to, what it's going to look like, I, what they're going to do. I have that picture. But I just could never like feel right up on top of the conference center. Like, why did they put stuff on the roof anyway? And why did they do that? Like it just never fit until I saw it and I started sitting. And Tony's the one that introduced me to it. And I'm like, Tony, who's this Tony guy? Who's this Tony guy? What the heck? Why? I'll have to, I'll have to dig more into that. Here, I'll send you these pictures and you'll just be like, okay. Um, anyway, it's so crazy. It is everything. It's just like each day is something new. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And are you working on his thing then, Cameron, his display? Am I working on his display? Uh -huh. You said that he can't, we can't print it out. Oh, hey. oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't yet, but I, that's my goal to sometimes put that in my schedule. Well, Janet, weren't you going to meet with somebody? Two? Um, Janet's not on here anymore. She must have left. Oh. 
Did you get that, Kathy? Nope, not yet. Weren't you? Okay, was it you that was going to meet with somebody? Yeah, so I'm going to be meeting with Tony next week or whatever and, and filming that interview so that we can all watch it and, and then have a Q&A about it. I haven't got it yet. I'm still waiting. Is it 870187? No. No. Oh, yeah. 801-721-0187. Okay. I sent you some. You didn't get that? Try this one. Do this one. I just sent one this time, so maybe it will go through. Oh, that one failed for sure. What the heck? All right. Let me try this again. I've been having the Navy office in Las Vegas text me all while we've been on the phone, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> they're 801-721-0187 maybe it's just taking longer because it's a picture sometimes they take longer maybe. oh i just got something i got one i got one okay, the first oh. one didn't deliver maybe because it's too much 801-721 Oh, okay, that's the wrong number. That's why. All right, let me try. I got this. one that looks like a a pillar. So that that was the last one. That is actually kind of just showing. Um, and where's that one? That at? looks like it's by stairs. Just inside the temple. One eight seven. Eight one seven two one oh eight seven. Okay, here comes these ones. I can't wait till you see these because they're going to go what? Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> you better send that to me too. <laughs> I love wow. that. Show you. <laughs> okay, what is your number? <laughs> I'll send it to her. I, I've got it here, Andy. Okay. Well, thank you. They just posted on Learning Zion. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll post wow. it on there too. Um, both of them. <laughs> yeah, so that we can, I'll do that. You know, we'll be reviewing it a lot with uh, Tony's interview as well. But yeah, I'll, I'll, we probably should just like create a group for, to, for Tony on there or whatever and post those pictures on there. Or the, not for Tony, but for um, Tony's stuff cosmism or whatever we want to call it well Elle has some great stuff on pinterest also that i've been watching mm -hmm. oh have you yeah if you can Elle, are you still there yeah i'm still here i'm thinking of just because i saw that the board on the the wordpress learning zion doesn't have anything on it so i thought maybe i'd post some stuff from my pinterest board there i haven't mm -hmm. looked at mine forever <laughs> so I don't I even know what's there forever is I didn't even know there was stuff on that on Pinterest so <laughs> yep. I've been on that. Got some fun boards on there I haven't been on a whole lot of stuff on electronic stuff for a long time yeah me too I'm kind of backwards unless I absolutely need something I try to steer clear <laughs> <laughs> wow, so this, this is, is just random but um <laughs> Rodolfo was in the attic I, I must have been yesterday I, I don't know but anyway he fell through hurt his back really bad and stuff but like he was walking through the trusses and missed one of them and fell through he sent me a picture of it oh, wow. <laughs> his daughter's 
the Lord is, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's just going through heck right now. Thing after thing. Oh my goodness. Show that again, Terry. I mean, can yeah. Sorry, what did you say? Show that again. I didn't see it. Oh, I didn't. Um, you didn't show something? Okay. Let me, I can pull it up real quick. He sent me a picture and I. So he did that and he did another post today, like a nine pager. Yeah, he already had the nine pager written. And so he just posted it while he's just sitting there kind of laid up. But no, like he's he's really hurting right now. <laughs> a new baby and move. You said mold, COVID. Oh my heck, the poor guy. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Oh my god. Oh yeah, he fell through it bad. Oh <laughs> and he's like, luckily my daughter wasn't in there, and luckily it wasn't the next room over because it was an even further drop and nothing would have broken his fall kind of thing. But anyway, oh he messed God. up his back really bad, he said. Wow. Oh He's God. going through a descent. Yep. <laughs> a literal <laughs> descent. Yeah. <laughs> First, like he moves right after, well, did his wife give birth before or after they moved? I think it was after. I think it was after. Yeah, so they moved. His wife gave birth and then they found mold in his house. And so they haven't been in their house for oh quite a few weeks. And then, so the remediation and everything of the mold has been happening. And then they finally get back in, they get COVID really bad. And then after they've kind of on the tail end of COVID, they get stuck with another bad or like big flu kind of thing that goes through the house. And then he falls and pretty much breaks his back yesterday or today or whatever and it's like oh my gosh wow <laughs> this is well, and before that he got kicked out of his house because he had too many people uh-huh yeah that too <laughs> where does he live in rexburg he moved to rexburg oh from arizona or something wasn't it i don't know where he was before i didn't really know him back then let's wow. something um with all this stuff that that l has and the stuff that you're going to gather, can we do that on Learning Design? Can you make a, a spot for it all? So, uh huh, yeah. So I've got two people uh, I want to send to it too. Uh huh. Um, I haven't been. I think I've got one for Cosmism, don't I? You uh, do. It's uh, empty right now, and okay. I'm just trying to figure out if it should be organized because I have just a bunch of random stuff, and I haven't uh -huh. looked at it, so I don't know what if to make separate discussions to keep it separate. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I, like I said, I'm so not familiar with it anymore because I've left it for about eight years or more and haven't really looked at it. But yeah. Maybe we should just start with Tony so that we get it like kind of straight. Now, who is this Tony guy? I'm not familiar with him. Tony Young, he lives in the UK and um, he's been studying it for quite a while but he keeps getting more and more and he's like really in depth in his studies right now and trying to, to piggyback off of kind of what Anthony Larson um, did and presented, but uh -huh. there's, there's a lot of people piggybacking off of Anthony and I like Mark Pinnell, you'll see some of his stuff that's mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, like, and <laughs> Tony does it in a really nice and respectful way and, and tries to tie it all back into Christ a lot. But mm -hmm. um, Anyway, there's there's just uh, a lot of good feelings that when I I'm talking with Tony, he'll he'll work through things, and 
well, I hadn't considered that before or this or that, you know, like he's just a, a really humble guy that and he's a like, member of the church. Yeah. So those oh, charts okay. that I posted, um, those charts were received in a dream of his and oh, so okay. he's, he's posted those and, and he worked with somebody. I wish he would work with a little bit better artist to, to kind of put them together. But um, anyway, he, he's like he drew it out and he showed me the rough draft of it or whatever like he woke up drew it all out and then had somebody kind of digitize it is this um, the one you're talking about this yeah one? yeah that was a dream that he had to put together that chart and um anyway so he, he's just a really nice humble guy that um i just wanted to pick his brain about because you know some of the it's really interesting finding people that'll actually talk to no name nobody's like us right <laughs> Like, I can't just, like, go ask, like, Anthony Larson, because he's dead now, but, like, some of these other ones, because they just don't even have time. But Tony, uh, uh, I don't know, it, April introduced me to him, and um, just having a great time getting to know him, and he has the time and is willing to talk to us and, and share what he knows, but. Is April in one of your book discussions? She keeps trying to, but she's just got a busy life, and she says that she's going to join the, the Sunday ones here and there sometimes, but but she hasn't got on yet, so. Yeah, she has a little one. Yeah. I could never do this if I had little, little kids. There'd be no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really That hard. was my life. Does he have information online? Because I'm not... No, he's not published or, or anything like that. And that's what he's going to be sharing with us is oh, like, okay. yeah. which kind of books to okay. read. He has no website or anything like that. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay, so these nails, let me tell you about these nails. Those, um, these two things right here. Uh-huh. So I went to a discussion with um, that David Hawking. Uh-huh. And he has a tablet that they have been finding up in Michigan, these tablets that, that has this nail and this nail, like these nails like this or however that is, five of them, one, two, three, oh, there's only four on here. This was five and it spelt out the name of Christ in that language or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's and actually then, a pretty common one amongst a few different civilizations, which is kind of weird because we never see it anymore. Um, but you know, like how we see the the X with the P coming out of it, you know, that's kind of the the common Christian Orthodox thing that, that comes out of the Catholic. Um, but you know, some of those other symbols, like those those nails that you were just showing, you know, like quite a few different tribes have those, and uh, some down in South America as well. The stick figure with the two dots and they're under their arms uh -huh. I mean, yeah that one too around the world and then the the wagon wheel looking thing that thing too like these are like symbols you could see in the sky or something that happened in the sky that they talked about and our sky is different mm -hmm. yeah i i not really versed in them but yeah i know that there's quite a few civilizations that have lots of those types of things um lance richardson stuff is like so amazing if you haven't listened to to that audio on the the hopi indians and uh the information where he talks about the four different colors of skin and uh so the hopi indians the uh <laughs> all of a sudden tibetan monks the uh tribe kind of close to kenya 
and the the ones up in the Swiss Alps, those four all have the stone tablets that when Christ visited them, they received the law and the, the great life plan and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, Lance Richardson's thing is like a must listen to. Um, I, I really enjoy so which his perspective. Which send a link of what you would listen to. Uh, yeah, let me, I posted it on the Facebook group a while back. Let me pull that up and put it on Learning Zion as well. You just put it in the chat too? Mm -hmm, yeah. Right there. Because it's like an audio that you can buy on Amazon for like 20 bucks. It's like a CD that they'll send to you. But um, I found this one online that you can listen to it. Where did it go? Oh, there it is. That's the Facebook link, just a second. They saw our day? Yeah, they saw our day. Link address. This is the one I, I listened to, maybe. I don't know, this looks familiar. I just need a better memory. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, sorry that it keeps doing that Facebook link. Anyway, here's the um, full English audiobooks.com or whatever, where you can listen to the two parts of it. Oh, cool. Thank you. <clears throat> well, anything else before we head out for the night? not we will see everyone next week have a, a great week with lots of fruitful rabbit holes <laughs> <laughs> thank you thanks for all you do good night guys. see you all later <laughs> bye